Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 19th of September. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Justin Brown, and co-host, Bandera Barter. We have lots of great stuff to cover this morning, including Texas State soccer and volleyball, as well as a lot of football and a little bit of baseball to wrap up our show this morning. But before we get to all that, let's throw it to Bandera for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on Northbound Frontage Road, I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, and sandwiches and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Bandera. We're going to go ahead and get started with some Texas State soccer. The uh, Bobcats soccer team last played this past Saturday to open their conference play with a 2-1 to win over the Arkansas State Red Wolves. In my opinion, this was a, a great defensive showing by the Bobcats. Even though they were outshot 13-10 to and the shots on goal, they were outshot 11-6. to Caitlin Christman came up with nine saves, a career high to really lead the Bobcats to another victory. Right, yeah, it was a really good game to start for the Bobcats with two goals coming pretty quickly in the first half from Olivia Wright and Zoe Jr. Zoe Jr., who's now the or has been the leading goal scorer for the Bobcats. But then, like you said, just a great defensive effort, specifically in the second half from Kaylin Christman, uh, who, like you said, got nine saves, which ties her career high all the way back since 2018. So just a really good game overall from her and a, a really good, you know what to look forward to with the Bobcats team and this defense most definitely Bandera I mean this defense has made itself known for the past few weeks I mean they have not allowed many goals at all this entire season and you like to see a win against a conference team especially coming after a tough loss against a nationally ranked team against TCU last week you know they lost you know 0 to 3 against the 16th ranked team so it's it's nice for them to come out against the Arkansas State Red Wolves and really just showcase their offense of talent and when we're talking about offensive talent you have to talk about zoe jr i mean she's one of the leading scorers for the Texas state bobcat she has four goals so far this season and she's just doing amazing things and i think steve holman is really just using this group well yeah after the game uh steve holman said you know we're pleased with the win it wasn't a pretty game it was a grind it was a hot one there on saturday he said it was a 90 degree 90 degree heat and it wasn't pretty but it's it's really promising to see that the bobcats are able to you know buckle down and even in these hard games they're able to you know still bring out their best soccer and you know lead the team to a win right like you said it wasn't the most pretty game i think we only had six shots on goal but you know if we can just get that up we'll really start scoring points especially with how good our offensive players are specifically zoe jr I, i really think that with how good our defense is if we can just get more shots on goal then there's nothing that can really stop this bobcat team Yes, I 100% agree, and I just wanted to talk about this matchup between the Bobcats and the Arkansas State Red Wolves. You know, this is a new coach on this Bobcat team, and we wanted to. See, I want to see how how well was was Steve Holman at compared to previous coaches against this team. And if you're looking at it, they're split six and six out of the past twelve times they've met each other. Um, they have split this even uh, the the series even six and six apiece each team getting six wins but the bobcats this is their first win against them uh sorry since 2021 so i mean uh it's a it's a big win for steve holman and the girls and a great way to start off conference play and i think they're just going to ride this momentum to the next one 
Well, the Bobcats' next game will be um, this Thursday, September 22nd at 6 p.m., where they'll travel to face the Georgia Southern Eagles to continue their conference schedule. And you can watch this game on ESPN+. Uh, but next, we're going to talk about the Texas State volleyball team, which spent their weekend in Fort Worth at the Horn Frog Invitational, which was held at TCU, where they went 2-1. and one. That included a 3-2 to two win over Abilene Christian, a 3-1 to one win over TCU, and unfortunately, a 3-0 to zero loss against Alabama. I just want to get y'all's words on what you, what you thought about this tournament. I thought it was extremely successful tournament for the volleyball team. Like you said, wins, big wins against ACU and TCU. And then their only loss coming against Alabama, which was a 3-0 loss, but very close. The first set was 15-25. to And then after that point, Texas State kind of really picked it up, got back into it, and then lost the next two, both 23-25. to So much closer. Kind of got back, fought into it, but just didn't really have what it took, especially after coming off that really, you know, just kind of sluggish first set against a really good Alabama team. 100% Bandera. I, I think they, you know, that Alabama team, it is a nationally ranked team. And I think even if you win or lose in that situation, you're leaving with valuable information. I think that's what Coach Sean Hewitt wants her girls to see, especially, I mean, his girls to see. I mean, you know, if you if you play against nationally ranked teams, especially what happened when they played in Hawaii, you definitely learn a lot. And playing in this game against Alabama and even TCU, um, I just wanted to note Janelle Fitzgerald. Uh, one of the Bobcats on the volleyball team, uh, she's an upperclassman. She has broken records left and right. And just, you know, last game against TCO, she did have 21 kills, which was the most of anyone else. So I just think that they have some talent on this team, not only with Janelle Fitzgerald, but Emily DeWalt as well, Colton. Um, I just think that Sean Hewitt's group right now is really getting things clicking. And a 2-1 tournament is not bad, especially against a nationally ranked team. So, I mean, I don't know how many people were expecting them to upset Alabama, but, you know, so it's really not even that bad of a tournament, a tournament I would say, for the Bobcats. Yeah, some other key stats from this weekend in that uh, win over Abilene Christian, Emily DeWalt with her second highest career total with 60 assists in that game, which is just amazing. Uh, and the loss to Alabama, a little bright spot, was Janelle Fitzgerald surpassed her 1,500th career kill, which makes her the only, the third Bobcat to ever reach that milestone. And then in the, the wrap-up against TCU, uh, freshman Maggie Walsh had a new career high with five kills at um, the school where her older brother, J.W. Walsh, was actually a quarterback. So, you know, there's a lot of good things to take away from this tournament. And now we head into conference play. So and how confident are you all that the Bobcats are you know, going to continue to take care of business? I'm extremely confident in this team. Like we said, just coming off this tournament, you know, they're only lost to Alabama, which is a really good ranked team. And like you said, Maggie Walsh, the freshman, uh, she really got in there and got, got some really good experience against a, a good TCU team in this tournament, which, like you said, we've got a lot of really good, you know, upperclassmen. Uh, but having th these freshmen that are, can really get this experience early on in this season in these big tournaments, I think is really valuable and will really set us up for this year and moving forward. Exactly, Bandera. Freshman experience is so important. When we were at, we were interviewing Coach Hewitt and we we're talking about what's the most difficult thing about starting the season. He was like, honestly, with this team, we have so much depth at just setting a lineup, right? Because he wants to give so much experience to all these freshmen that are on the program. And a lot of these freshmen definitely do want playing time. And I just wanted to mention earlier, you talked about Emily DeWalt getting 60 assists. Um, for many of you that if those that do not watch volleyball, just to get this in perspective for you, the, the closest number of assists in that entire game was by a TCU player of the name Callie Williams, and she had 26. So that is 
that is that was the highest of anyone else in the, in the entire game, and she had 60 of them. So just just let that sink in. I mean, uh, the fact that we have a Texas State Bobcat providing this much talent, I think it's going to be great towards conference play. Uh, you see they're facing ULM next, and that's their first conference. I mean, that's going to be their first conference matchup, and, and it's quite exciting. I think when you have tournaments, especially in Hawaii or some that are, you know, in, T- uh, in TCU area, um, you know, you definitely learn a lot, especially playing against nationally ranked teams, and I think that the Bobcats have have the momentum right now for conference play as you said justin the bobcat volleyball team will open up conference play at ulm at the end of the week with a game at 6 p.m on thursday and a game at 2 p.m on friday and these will both be on espn plus as well so make sure to tune into espn plus and check out the texas state soccer and volleyball teams as they hit the road in conference play we're going to take a quick break but on the other side of it we're going to get into some football so don't go anywhere you're listening to bobcat radio on ktsw 89.9 Welcome back to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Justin Brown, and co-host, Bandera Barter, and this is your host, Colton Gibson. As I said before the break, we're going to talk a little football, starting off with a look at the San Marcos High School Rattlers. The Rattlers this past week had a really good game, taking 65-34 to win over the Alexander Bulldogs in Laredo, and that game... Uh, A fun stat included 44 points in the second half alone for the Rattlers. It was a very much needed bounce back after that disappointing overtime loss last week. And I think they're right back on track. Yeah, I completely agree. A a big win, you know, 65 to 34 after a loss in overtime. It's really important to just kind of get get your guys back on track, get them feeling confident again, make them, you know, feel good going into the rest of the games in the season. So really nice to get, you know, a really big win like that against Alexander. When you're telling me the score is 65 to 34, is that the was that the final score? Yeah. Yes. Um, and you're telling me this is an away game? That is insane. Um, these these rattlers are coming with so much energy, especially all the way to Laredo, and and that's shown by this score. Uh, not every day do you see high school teams dropping 60 points on your head. And I think that for the Rattlers, you know, getting them this opportunity now to be in a different conference and a different division, you know, now they're playing against New Bronzeville's and San Antonio schools. This is great for them to go out there and show schools that they've never played before that they are, you know, the team to mess with. So um, not surprised to see Isaiah DeLeon do this for the team. Yeah, it was an all around just great game for this team. On offense, Isaiah DeLeon found Tony Diaz for two touchdowns. Jake Rodriguez-Schultz had two touchdowns. I think Jaden Brown had a touchdown. You know, defensively, there was a pick six. Special teams, they returned a kick. They had a safety that they returned a punt really nicely for. It was just every aspect of football, the Rattlers really performed well, and they didn't seem to have any of the issues that they had, you know, last week or, you know, going all the way back to that week one matchup against Hutto. Yeah, like you said, great, great special teams, great defense, you know, scoring pretty much in all aspects of the game, kind of like an old Patriots team or something, just, you know, dominating all sides of the ball. It's, it's really nice to see how how confident these players are, and especially with just the coaching, you know, just getting better and better, just how good these guys can go, go going forward. Yeah, not only is the confidence that uh, we've seen that and, you know, improve with this this group of players, but, you know, talking about that game against Hutto, if you, you remember that game quite well, there was around 15 to 20 different penalties, and each one of those around 10 to 15 yards for the Rattlers. They gave up over 150 to 200 yards on that entire football field, and to see that they finally got their penalties in check. The offensive linemen aren't, you know, having false starts, offsides, all that silly stuff. It seems like these players have really got in gear and they're not letting the news that they got at the beginning of the season mess with them. You know, they're really coming out here to play and and it shows, especially with the 63-point win in Laredo. I mean, come on, that that's something. Yeah, after the game, Coach Walsh said, you know, we've been through it all and they need to, they said they need to stop shooting themselves in the foot. 
and they need to keep moving forwards instead of taking so many steps backwards. You know, they had a, a rough game in week one and they came back in week two and performed well. And then same thing with week three. And now, you know, this fourth game, they performed really well. But it's going to be a harder game coming up. They are going to take on the undefeated Eagle Pass High School Eagles. They're 4-0. And it's going to be the homecoming game on Friday at 7.30 p.m. at Toyota Rattler Stadium. So what do you, what do you think the uh, Bobcats need to do to, you know, maybe give it a little hubs, upset going on homecoming night? Well, the Rattlers need to definitely, I mean, it's it's their homecoming game, okay? So you you know the Rattlers are going to put everything they can on the field, you know? Um, it, it's just, it's going to be hard. You're playing against an undefeated team. When, when going into that game, you just got to treat him like any other opponent, um, you know, and also, just realize that I think the Rattlers. Uh, one thing that they really, the one thing that's really good about them is they don't have anything else in the line right now. They're just playing to play right now. They're just trying to remove other people from the playoffs, and I think that's awesome. So, I mean, I mean, they're doing a great job doing it. I mean, the sixty-three point win in Laredo is huge, and I think they're just going to have to play defense, be smart with their fouls. I mean, I mean, with their penalties, do do not have careless penalties. They could give away a game instantly. Um, without that, Isaiah DeLeon, he can definitely throw sixty-three points worth again. I mean, I'm not surprised to see it again. But um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what they're going to have to do against the Eagle Pass high school yeah I completely agree just just more of what they did last game especially coming up against Eagle Pass you know 4-0 team they just came off their last win a 49 to 14 win you know this might not have been the best team to schedule a homecoming game against but you know if they win all the more impressive it'll be an even better game I think it's going to be a really exciting fun game like I said Friday at 7 30 they'll take on Eagle Pass at Toyota Rattler Stadium so make sure to go out and support the Rattler football team but next up we're going to take a look at our Bobcat football team they traveled to Waco this last weekend to take on the number 17 ranked Baylor Bears, and it was a 42 to 7 loss for our Bobcats. You know, in my opinion, I think this game looks worse than it actually was. You know, I had the privilege of producing the game with uh, our boy Giancarlo Cacho. Um, so we, we watched the game in here, we listened to the game, and there was a lot of bright moments for the Bobcats. Uh, I just wanted to know what y'all thought about this game. I mean, speaking of bright moments for the Bobcats, I, there was one bright side to this. If you're looking at the individual statistics of this game, you see that Lane Hatcher, the quarterback for the Bobcats, he throws 186 yards and 36 attempts, and not only had 24 of them complete. So he only, he only missed 12 passes. Um, you look on the other side, though, to Blake Sharpen, uh, the starting quarterback for the Baylor Bears, and he only had 184 yards, and he missed 11 of his passes. So I don't think the quarterback discrepancy was the issue here. I think you're really going to have to look at your receivers. Um, you know, we... we in our rushing yards. I mean, come on, Calvin Hill, he had like 186 yards breaking records last game, but this one, unfortunately, only 43 yards gained. Um, and that's on 12 different attempts. Um, so, you know, but we do have some some light to be shined. And I think one light to be shined on is Ashton Hawkins. Uh, Colton, I know you have some good information about him. Yeah, in the last game, uh, Ashton Hawkins, you know, you said uh, Lane Hatcher threw for 186 yards. I think that was what you said. Uh, yes. Ashton Hawkins had 13 catches for 114 of those yards and a touchdown, which is set a new program record. So, you know, you can find the small victories even in a big loss like this. And I, I think that's important moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And like you said, a very dynamic, you know, duo between Lane Hatcher and Ashton Hawkins, you know, combining for 114 yards, a touchdown on 13 receptions. So, like you said, the, the receiver play is, is pretty good, especially from Ashton Hawkins. But if we could just get more from the rushing game, like you said, Calvin Hill, only uh, 41 yards on 12 carries. So it wasn't really the average that was the issue. You know, he had a 3.4 average. It, he just didn't get enough carries, enough touches. If And, you know, part of it is, you know, Baylor getting up early. If our defense can really put stops in the first and second quarter and we can get, you know, some 
some momentum rushing the ball, I think that can carry us a lot further than just throwing the ball. Yes, defense wins games 90% of the time, and defense gives you the momentum to pull up on offense and do something. And, you know, speaking of offense and getting something done, that's what the Baylor Bears were doing in the running game. I'm talking Richard Reese had 157 yards gained um, through his running, and that's on 19 different carries. So, you know, he, he he's really made an impact for the Baylor Bears. But, you know, I just think, you know, looking towards the next game, which we'll talk about soon, uh, the Bobcats are just going to definitely have to improve the running game and play some better defense to get the momentum to stay in these games. Because, you know, they let up that lead early on and now you're, you know, down 41 to 7. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to have that energy, that momentum to come back. But, you know, what will bring that back is defense. Yeah, their next game will be this Saturday at 6 p.m. at Bobcat Stadium when they take on the 1-1 one one Houston Baptist Huskies. Yeah, Houston Baptist did not play this past week, so they're going to be well-rested coming to San Marcos, trying to, you know, have a little upset of their own. And I'm I'm just really hoping that this game is not a repeat of what happened last year against Incarnate Word. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm really not expecting it to be, especially coming off this Baylor game. I'm expecting the, you know, the Bobcats to be locked in and focused, especially playing a Houston Baptist team that isn't as deep as this Baylor team. Uh, Baylor had, I think it was nine or ten different receivers make a catch for over ten yards, which is just ridiculous. You know, the, the Texas State defense, how much can you do whenever you have to key in on a different person every single play? So going up against a, you know, smaller, not as good Houston Baptist team, I think will really give the Bobcats a chance to prove what they learned and, you know, come out on top and be more confident going into the next week. Yeah, we definitely want the Bobcats to be playing against someone that's actually in their, you know, their ballpark, uh, you know, uh, and that's no offense. I'm just saying, you know, Baylor and Waco, those are bigger schools and they obviously have bigger programs. Um, but I want to talk about the past matchup between these two programs, the Houston, uh, I'm sorry, the Houston Baptist Huskies and the Texas State Bobcats. Um, they've only played each other once in football ever. And the last time was on September 2nd of the year 2017. So about almost five years ago now in that matchup, the Bobcats didn't win 20 to 11. So if history is any indication of how this game will turn out, the Bobcats do have an advantage. Now that was with Brady McBride, may I add you. Now, if you had Brady McBride at the helm and you still got the win, I think anything's possible. So, you know, Lane Hatcher is in here and on the helm and he's definitely, you know, he had 186 yards and that was only, you know, two yards less. I mean, two, that was two yards more than the starting quarterback of the Baylor Bears. So I think Lane Hatcher, I mean, definitely has an opportunity against the Huskies. The Huskies, I don't know if they'll be able to hold uh, Calvin Hill to the same way that the Baylor Bears did, and we'll just have to see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes as this is the last non-conference game for the Bobcats before they head into a tough but uh, I think manageable Sunbelt schedule for them this season. Uh, but we're going to you know, zoom out of the area a little bit and take a look at some NFL Week 2 uh, I have a few games picked out. We can just run over real quick. First off, I'd like to send a sincere apology to all Cowboys fans as I was a main hater and I didn't think Cooper Rush had it in him, but he showed he did. Cooper Rush leading a game-winning drive to allow Brett Maher to kick a game-winning field goal to put the Cowboys over the Bengals last night. What did y'all think about this? I think it is a wonderful time to be a Cowboys fan, mainly because... We have a kicker that can make a kick. This is the first time that I have felt confident in the Cowboys special team, specifically their kicker, in a very long time. And to be able to go in and get that game-winning field goal after, you know, a game that I was very unsure about going into it and then throughout, you know, having Cooper Rush at quarterback and just be able to have that, that game-winning drive towards the end and get, get the game-winning field goal, it felt, felt very nice to be a Cowboys fan in this moment. You know, someone that's not a Cowboys fan, you know, it— 
it, it was fun to watch, though, I will say, because it's America underdog story right here, guys. If you would have told me a year ago that a man named Cooper Rush were, was going to, you know, throw more yards in a game than Joe Burrow, I would have been on the ground laughing. Now, if you look at the statistics of last matchup, Cooper Rush had 235 yards and that's 19. Uh, you know, that's that's what 19, you know, receptions. Not bad. He's he's doing good. Um now, if you look at the box score for the Bengals, Joe Burrow only thrown 199 yards. So that's that's around, you know, 66 more yards being thrown by Cooper Rush than Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow, if anybody needs a, a reminder, Joe Shiesty was in the NFL Super Bowl last year. So, you know, Joe Burrow, that's with Jamar Chase, you know, and he only gets 199 yards. And and, and if you look on the other side, Cooper Rush with C.D. Lamb, they're getting it done. And I, I just I wanted to say that also I think the Cowboys, they did a really good running job as well. Yeah, Tony Pollard really delivered in that game as well. Um, now I think, you know, maybe Cooper Rush is the next Cowboys quarterback. And when Dak comes back, maybe he stays on the sideline. That's what I'm saying. I'm literally yelling at the TV with my friends. I'm like, guys, Joe Burrow may have just been a one-hit one. No, <laughs> that's, that's a little different story. But I will say that Cooper Rush was out here playing, and I'm like, this may be a blessing in disguise for the Cowboys. You know, it makes me think of like a Kurt Warner situation, you know. <laughs> Yeah, one of my thoughts coming away or just during this game was I wonder if Jerry Jones regrets paying Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott right now. Just because Zeke, you know, hasn't gotten more than 100 yards since, what was it, like week two of last year. And then Dak Prescott, you know, getting hurt. And even whenever he's not hurt, you know, the Cowboys don't really live up to expectations. So I don't know. Just it, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the contract situation. So I definitely I'm curious to know how Jerry Jones feels. Yeah, well, next up, we're going to talk about a, a duel between the Dolphins and the Ravens. That was one of the early games yesterday where Tua Tungavailoa mounted a comeback against the Ravens in Baltimore. He threw for 469 yards and six touchdowns. And then both Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell had 11 catches, more than 150 yards and two touchdowns. But on the other side, Lamar Jackson with 318 yards passing and also 119 yards rushing with four total touchdowns. This was just a crazy offensive game. You know, I was watching this game and it was it was a lot of fun to to watch the last quarter there. Oh yeah, as a fantasy owner of Lamar Jackson and Tyreek Hill, that was a beautiful beautiful game. That was amazing. Yeah, Chico. 40 points from both. Oh, just just amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I really I expected the, the Ravens to come out strong like they did, but I did not think that their defense would really fall apart like that. I mean, this Dolphins team is really good. The offense is really good, specifically with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle coming in, but I, I just didn't expect them to be that explosive, and I was really impressed by Tua, too. I, I, I hadn't really seen a game like that from him so far. You know, I, I was looking at the box score of this game, and I saw that the, the Ravens were up, you know, I think it was like 28-7 or something like that, and and I was telling my friend Garrett, I was like, okay, yeah, the Ravens, you know, beating the Dolphins, not surprised. And he goes, no, I, I think the Dolphins have it. And not surprised, the Dolphins came back. And, and it makes you wonder, how did they do that? Uh, one thing I just want to point out, a statistic for, you know, common NFL fans, this may stand out to you. This is a quarterback named Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens, and he had 119 rushing yards. I'm telling you, a quarterback that is running a 119 yards down the field that is something that can be hard to control especially for different defenses especially the Dolphins and and they did struggle but the Dolphins did come back and Tua was fortunate and doing something many of us did not expect um but yeah no Tua and this this was an offensive onslaught that's for sure both teams coming back into it yeah football has definitely been fun to watch so far through only two weeks of the season it's um it's going to be a lot of fun to see this this season out 
But week two will wrap up tonight with a Monday night football doubleheader where the Bills take on the Titans at 615 and the Vikings and Eagles will go head to head at 730. Uh, but now we're going to go into a little bit of baseball. You know, we haven't talked about baseball in a while, but the MLB season is starting to wrap up with about 15 games, you know, left to play for each team. And just a couple stories to follow. Uh, Aaron Judge is closing in on 60 home runs on the season and what will be the first AL Triple Crown since Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012. Uh, Albert Pujols is currently at 698 career home runs. Um, He's trying to be the fourth person to surpass 700. And then my personal favorite story is Justin Verlander is having another Cy Young type season after missing nearly two years due to Tommy John. Uh, So I just want to go around and kind of see where y'all y'all's heads are for the end of the season and what y'all are thinking for the maybe a world series prediction i'm gonna be 100 percent honest i have not watched much baseball since uh the rangers cardinals 2011 world championship uh and albert pujols you know did it to the rangers did, uh, there's no really chance of that it's been hard to be a baseball fan since specifically being a rangers fan uh but like you said him coming up on almost 700 home runs that's incredible and then also seeing verlander come back and have a cy young year like this i haven't really you know as growing up as a kid i watched him and he was the best pitcher it's it's crazy to see the longevity especially coming after an, an injury like that yeah long that's one thing i wanted to mention as soon as i heard mlb was on the script for today i was like justin verlander having an amazing season one of the best seasons he's had even better than his cy young year and this is after tommy john surgery uh, a surgery that many mlb players can never even come back from but you know if we're talking about this mlb season postseason is about to begin and if i were to make a prediction of the two teams that are going to make it to the world series the teams that i want to make to the World Series, it's going to be an Astros-Dodgers situation again. Uh, round three, but without the cheating this time, guys, hopefully. 96-51 uh, and 51 is the Astros record, making it the second-best record in the MLB with the um, the LA Dodgers in front right now with 108-44 and 44 is their record. But yes, no, uh, I'm really excited to see MLB postseason come this way. I've never even had the privilege of watching an entire postseason, but according to Kobe Jackson, it's something fun to do. So I definitely will do it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to see. Yeah, my pick's definitely going to be my hometown Astros. Like you said, 96-51. I believe they can clinch the division today and the number one seed for the AL very soon. I don't really care who they play as long as they win. Oh, it's clinched. It's clinched on the stats. It's There's a big X in parentheses. So Let's I, go. We All right. Well, there we go. There you go. Now it's news. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, very exciting heading into postseason. Uh, but we're almost out of time today, so we're going to go ahead and check some weather with Justin. I know he has some new technology, but, you know, Make sure you take everything with a grain of salt as always. All right, guys, the past two forecasts, I was using Apple Weather. Now we're going to move to the Weather Channel, and this app has radar. And I checked the radar just to make sure because my last two reports were incorrect. I said it was 0% chance of rain, guys. I'm looking at the radar. There's no chance of rain for the next 24 hours. So this is probably the most sure bet you can get for me on the weather. So what I will suggest is this. Bring some sunscreen. You may not need an umbrella today for class, but, you know, just bring one just in case because you live in the wonderful state of Texas and the weather can be as unpredictable as anything. So, yeah, but no, I, I'm, it looks like clear skies the next few days. you got a high of 93 and a low of 73. So not a bad day today. Um, good good 90s throughout the week. It's going to be around 94, 93 for the rest of the week and highs in the upper to mid-70s. But, yeah, you should expect clear skies for the next few days, and that's the weather forecast. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, make sure, make sure you still bring an umbrella just in case. You never know. <laughs> 
Um, but that's all of our time for today. Make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure to check in ESPN Plus to watch those away Texas State Bobcat games. But for Justin Brown and Bandera Barter, I'm Colton Gibson. Thank you for listening to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. Have a great rest of your day, and we hope you tune back in the same time on Wednesday. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.